Hello, you're watching CSO Executive Sessions. I'm your host, Anne, and my guest today is Huang Xiaofei, based in Singapore, Xiaofei's Group Chief Information Security Officer of SMRT Corporation. Welcome to the show, Xiaofei. Hi. Hi, Anne. Hi. Thanks for having me. Um, to kick things off, let's talk about technologies. They can be new or old that have caught your attention recently. Um, have you observed anything interesting that you'd like to share with us? Well, uh, off the cuff, the, the technology that comes to mind isn't really new. Everybody thinks it's new, but everyone actually it's not a, a very new thing, right? It's a uh, chat GPT or open GPT that everybody has more or less heard of in the news. Um, the reason why you have caught my attention is because, um, not because it is AI, not because it is uh, you know, interesting or fun to play with, um, but it caught my attention because of the speed that it actually became, um, you, you know, like, it's almost like when iPhone came out, right? Before iPhone, everybody had uh, maybe a Nokia phone with nine, how many buttons and you have to press the keys, right? But when the iPhone came out, it was just a single pane of glass. That transformed the entire industry totally, right? And now we have... Um, GPT, Open GPT, and Chat GPT came out as uh, you know a manifestation of it, and it became it has become something that almost everyone in the world is familiar with or have heard about right now, and that really caught my attention because it's kind of, it's going viral, and mm -hmm. I think that will really transform um, the use cases for AI um, mm -hmm. beyond what we can imagine even yesterday. So that that is really one of the technologies that has caught my attention recently. Mm. So you mentioned that it's not exactly new technology, mm. but it has really taken off. Um, why do you think that is? I think it came across as something that, uh, well, it, it was, it, in fact, if you go to the ChatGPT website, they call it a beta, right? It's actually a pilot. Mm. And um, I suppose it has a lot of novel applications to it. And... Um, People were not, well, it, it, the, the, the idea, the concept is not new, but it wasn't something that was um, presented to the rest of the public as something that, you, for example, you do not need to know what is uh, AI to know how to use AI. You do not need mm -hmm. to be a technical person to engage or converse with uh, a tool like that, a tool like mm -hmm. that, and the third thing is actually the answers that it gives you, right? It's almost like talking to a real human being, and that is really amazing. And uh, a lot of people are fascinated by it because the answers that it comes out with is uh, not something that is um, you can you 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 probably amazes you, right? It, it's something that comes out of encyclopedia, and you did not need to do any kind of research, and all the information comes back to you for free. So uh, I thought that that's or at least free for now. Lah. <laughs> so, something that has been very interesting. Yeah. So um, I guess for users who are not very familiar with uh, ChatGPT yet, um, how vastly different is it from, let's say, a chatbot? Uh, okay. <laughs> a chatbot is actually, okay, I, I, I don't know how far I should go with this answer. So chatbots usually don't give very good answers because the, the corpus, the, the knowledge base that the answers, the chatbot derives answers from 
are developed based on what the developers or you know the the company has actually uh, ingested into that database. So it's coming from a very small database of answers that the company or the creator of the chatbot has ingested into that corpus, the database. But uh, in OpenGPT, it's a generative AI. So it's actually not just taking information, but it's actually also trying to uh, morph the answers, so to speak, uh, and try to mimic what a human being may actually think in terms of thought process, how they might answer the question. So for example, even this question, right? How are some, what are some technologies that have caught your attention recently? This question you put to ChatGPT, right? Um, if you go to a chatbot, you ask, okay, what, what are the kind of use cases that are already in my database? That could be two or three. These are the two mm -hmm. or three, right? But in ChatGPT, it's different because they will try to go from a human point of view. They will ask, they will, um, you know, it, it, I, I do not know the specifics, but actually they will be able to come up with an answer that is more than just based on a simple, you know, a, a, a database. Yeah. Of course, they have to get the information from somewhere, but there is some learning involved as well. Right. And um, now, obviously, with things changing so quickly mm. um, with, within the tech space, how do you keep up with the latest technologies? The, the most important point, I mean, in terms of staying up to date, will be to stay curious, right? If, if, um, <clears throat> if I were not curious, if I'm not interested in cybersecurity or technology, um, I probably wouldn't spend a lot of time, you know, in the mornings or in the evenings reading up or stuff like that. So I, I do a lot of reading. Um, the second thing is actually my involvement in not-for-profit kind of societies. For example, the Singapore Computer Society, I'm very active. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, if I can learn from someone over a conversation, uh, and, and oftentimes I do that, from industry practitioners and experts who I meet at the Singapore Computer Society, um, it, it kind of triggers my interest um, to look up certain things and um, that's how I stay up to date as well. The third and last thing is actually, um, I, you, you know, I, every one of us who are in the technology field, we all, almost certainly will come across um, vendors who like to, you know, talk to us about, I mean, from an end user kind of com company, right? We will always have vendors who are more than eager to share their solutions with us. Right. So I think one of the things that I, I do personally to stay up to date will be when I meet a vendor, I always ask them to share uh, materials with me regarding their solutions, regarding their technologies. And I'm really hungry for this information. Right. So I actually look through them and, um, and, and try to understand what their value statement and how they, you know, um, compete or differ from other of their competitors. So I, I, I think that's how I stay up to date, at least from my vantage point as a CISO. Um, we spoke about chat GPT just now. Mm. Um, how do you think artificial intelligence is positively or negatively um, affecting cybersecurity right now? So once again, I'm not an expert on chat GPT. I'm not an expert in AI, but I would say that, you know, if I, if I put on my cybersecurity hack, um, the biggest threat I would think will be um, in terms of the weakest link, humans, right? Um, so we, we have been dealing with the human errors, whether uh, negligent or intentional for the longest time, right? Um, spear phishing attacks are still happening. Phishing attacks are still happening. In fact, they are the most common type of cyber attack in um, Southeast Asia. You know, um, 
just by statistics alone, it's about 77% of all incidents in Southeast Asia, according to uh, VMware Carbon Black in their report, um, was it 2021? So if you talk about the biggest technology threats for me is um, chat GPT or AI taking over the role of a human, right? You do not need a human being to craft phishing baits or phishing emails anymore. And they are so realistic and they are interactive. Interactive meaning that if you receive a phishing email, you probably do not even have to um, pretend so much, right? Because you come across as a real person and that individual who receives the phishing email will really think that you are a real person and it's interactive, right? And uh, they will be able to have a conversation and then you surrender certain information. So that's one, phishing email. The second one will be what I call, um, uh, not really a, a, a sexy term for it, but I call it, um, that there is a cross-dimensional kind of effect right now when you have scams going on and people receiving SMSs, you get links in the SMS, you click on the SMS link and you end up you know, surrendering information, becoming a bit or, or, or becoming fished and losing money, right? We have seen a lot of those things. So the fear for me is really when you have a lot of these things going on, um, but it somehow crosses over dimensions where it's either your email, your your I don't know, your, your, your Facebook, your LinkedIn accounts and things like that are actually happening and actually aided by AI. Um, you know, it's not new. It's not a new technology, but um, I would say the technology threats that we're facing today has been um, evolving at a far, far more rapid pace than what we have experienced before. Right? In the past, maybe we have seen changes or, or changes to attacks once a year, I suppose, right? Um, I mean, just as a just as an example, uh, but now mm. we are seeing something new every month. So this is something that is quite, quite concerning and worrying. Right. And um, what are you concerned about as people increasingly adopt IoT automation and cloud technology? Um, let me start with cloud first, right? So I don't think cloud is uh, worse off technology than uh, what you have on-prem. In fact, I think that for a lot of companies, cloud is a better option for better security for these companies. Um, the challenge for cloud is that you need to understand how to use the cloud properly, right? Like a vehicle, you know, you can buy a very, very good, very, uh, you know, capable vehicle, uh, but if you're a lousy driver, you drive it up the curb, right? You can't say that the car is lousy, right? Maybe yes, in a certain way, you could say that the car should have certain detection technologies and I, I don't know, right? But cloud is that, cloud is a good, very, very good uh, technology for a lot of uh, SMEs and companies. And I point out SMEs because if you look at the statistics again, uh, um, the SMEs actually bear a, the majority of the brunt for cybersecurity attacks, especially in Singapore, right? So this is where I think we're, a lot of these companies, the SMEs, they do a thought IoT automation and whatnot, right? They, they do not understand or they do not address the cybersecurity well enough, <clears throat> right? So that is where the concern comes in. And that is where, I, I, again, I would say uh, CSA has done a lot of good work in terms of the cyber labeling scheme and so on, right? So that really helps mm -hmm. SMEs um, identify what are the kind of products or, or, or solutions that, you know, are more secure in a way or at least have been vetted by someone 
and they can actually use it with more assurance. Um, the other one is actually um, home, home automation and home IoT. So um, before COVID, maybe in 2019, if you were to ask me this same question, I wouldn't point this out. But since you're asking me now in 2023, I would say that actually uh, a large area of concern is the technology that we use at home. And when we increasingly adopt some of these technologies at home, right? Um, yes, they are not connected to our enterprise or corporate systems or networks, uh, but you're using your home network, right? You're using your home network mm -hmm. or wireless to actually uh, transmit your information. So therein lies an area of concern if you know some of these technologies um, are known to be vulnerable, I'll put it that way, and, um, and your company doesn't know about what you're using at home as well. So that's the other thing. Um, my next question requires you to mentally invent something for the future. Can you describe a cybersecurity technology which doesn't exist right now that you think would be massively um, useful to cybersecurity teams everywhere? If I can put all my cybersecurity expertise into a AI model and you know operate centrally from one solution, uh, let me explain. So, so instead of having a CISO, I have a CISO <laughs> who is embedded in a, a, a technology and I actually can sell this technology to SMEs and they have a virtual CISO. That would be wonderful, right? You know, some uh, uh, a solution that can help them create policies, uh, scan their systems and on an ongoing basis do this. Of course, you have things like cybersecurity as a service, you have... Um, software as a service platforms in the cloud and so on, right? But I thought something that is maybe not created yet will be something that covers end-to-end -end, um, right. and do away with the human element. More comprehensive, yes. But I, I don't think the human element can be done away at any point. You still need a human. So yeah. I think I will still have a job. <laughs> <laughs> um, last question. Do you think how do you think um, solution providers can better support CISOs and their teams? Oh, wow. Um, again, it depends on what, what, what category of solution providers they are in. So um, mm. maybe I will just center on software as a service solution providers, which the, the reason why I center on that is because I do see the cloud as a viable platform where companies should go towards you know, go further, better, more into the cloud because it, not just because it offers more security controls or flexibility to companies, but you have a higher baseline. You have a way to actually uh, model your company after your model, your company security posture over uh, after what other companies have done in the cloud, right? So it's more like a democratization of security. So it, that's why I center on software service solution providers. So how do they better support CISOs, right? I think it is not just going to the CISO and saying what is the value or value proposition that you have in terms of your solution, but I would suggest solution providers to think more broadly. How can they interoperate and value add on top of what other platforms or other providers can provide together with them um, to the CISOs, to the companies? Um, I mean, the, the reason is you, you hear a lot about yeah, a lot of companies or CISOs see the value of cybersecurity and want to increase the budget. But the reality is that um, these are not very 
great times, right, in terms of the economy. So we are also looking to actually uh, manage our finances better, optimize our spending. So solutions providers can better support CISOs and their teams by actually putting up a more, um, you know, collaborative kind of um, solutioning or proposal that not just centers on what they can offer, but also what they can offer together with other providers. Um, that's really like a security as a platform kind of model. And I think that can work very well in the cloud because you are offering something as a service. The, there's less, um, you know, layout, layout uh, I mean, there's, not, there's less necessity for the CISO to, to plan for on-prem kind of setup for some of these solutions if they move to the cloud. Right. Um, well, thanks, Shopee. It was mm. lovely speaking with you today. I really enjoyed our chat. Um, to our viewers, if you have any thoughts to share on our topic today or feedback on the show, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Thanks for watching.